With the 262nd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Brock Purdy, a quarterback from Iowa State. The frozen tundra of Municipal Stadium made footing tenuous, and defense prevailed most of the day. It's not Howie or Terry, and sadly, Carissa's not here. It's just your Coffin Corners podcast. Me, Big Tom McClain, with one of my best buddies in the world, Nathan Sprague. How you doing this weekend, Nathan? Well, 2024, which means new year, new opportunities, and sadly, college football is no more. It's more of NILU ball or portal ball, whatever you want to call it. For 2024. But you know, Tom, I'm kind of curious about what do political journalists, especially for 2024, how do they ring in the new year? You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I got an unmarked package that just arrived in a, in a, like a white envelope that was sealed. I took a look at it and it sounds like this might be along those lines. It's 2024, my pretties, and election year is upon us. Fly, my stunning and brave journalist. <laughs> All right, 0.05% of the conservative media. Out there means about the muckrake. You know what we are going to do. We will mudsling. Now, if anyone says it's the same thing, well, there's a difference. Yeah. One is muck and one is mud. What was that? Speak to my right ear in a 45-degree angle. I can't quite hurt that. Oh, looks like we got a comedian from one of our Bibles. Do you understand me? Do you comprehend me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Drill Sergeant. Ooh, if anyone makes any wide mouth comment mudslinging, well, there's a difference, you bunch of maggots. We are from different fields. Okay, you crunch, squares, fireballs, and giants, move boat. Fly, my stunning and brave journalists. We were muckering of America. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very crazy. But you know, for the NILU ball, it's been... It's been opt-outs, portals, and transfers. Oh, my. It has. Oh, my goodness. It's a totally different ballgame out there. Yes, it certainly has, especially if people uh, with Florida State and that Georgia, that Orange Bowl game has demonstrated uh, the portal, uh, the opt-outs, they're going to have to change some rules because I don't think anyone ever wants to see a 63 to free game between what's supposed to be a five and a six seed teams. <laughs> and what happens if your what happens if your transfer portal is like out of whack one day and like you're not getting the messages and somehow you miss out on some big players? You're going to be that losing team. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. For me, the transfer portal just sounds like some digital thing that could get messed up or hacked. You know what I mean? Somebody can hack into the portal and steal a player. 
He's playing at Hawaii State. I didn't even know there was a Hawaii State. Opt-outs, portals, and even plenty of blowouts. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> that was an example of a blowout if there was any. If you if you saw a blowout in the dictionary, you would see that game, the Orange Bowl game. Yeah, <laughs> that, right. That, that was a, by definition of a blowout. <laughs> Let me tell you. Well, we learned that uh, Georgia was definitely peeved that they didn't get to have a chance to return to be back-to-back going for that free-peak college football playoff champion. But in a way, it's kind of poetic when you think about it. When the college football playoffs started, they had Big Ten versus the Pac-12. And they end the four-team format with a Big Ten team facing against a Pac-12 team. And what I mean is Michigan versus Washington. Now, Michigan has to focus on a game before they focus on, of course, Jim Harbaugh, which we will get to talking about, you know, later on with this podcast, of course. Because let's face it, the Raiders might end up giving the Chargers Jim Harbaugh because of that blowout <laughs> win against the Chargers. That's true. Because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to fire Brandon Staley. And now, it's just crazy to think about that the Chargers might be thanking the Raiders. And now we got the national championship that I think everybody was kind of expecting, right? I think everybody – I mean, yeah. that, that's who I thought it was going to be, Michigan and uh, Washington. I mean, the Huskies have just been rolling through everybody. Yeah, and also they had to face the Oregon Ducks twice, which was pretty much their uh, toughest competition – uh, that they have faced, I mean, besides, of course, the Texas Longhorns as well. Well, I look forward to that, and we're only just a couple days away from that, right? Isn't that isn't that on Monday? Yeah, that will be the, that will be on Monday, and it will be in Houston, which it's going to be interesting to have it in Houston. Houston is well known for having bizarre things happening. I mean, that was the same stadium, I do believe, that... Uh, 28 the free happened for big game 51. It's that a, was the same stadium. So expect some bizarre stuff happening. It's also about as far as you can get from each of those cities too. <laughs> I mean, each of those colleges. I mean, that's Houston is, is pretty far from Washington and it's pretty far from Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They, they are the one of the North northernmost States. Yeah, it's Michi- crazy. Michigan's up there almost in Canada. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can't wait to see how that one shakes out, and we'll I'm sure we'll be covering that one on next week's episode. And I'm gonna definitely take the time to watch that game because I love Jim Harbaugh. He's a Looney Tune. I'm glad that there's only talk of him going to the AFC at this point. If he goes to the Raiders, goes to the Chargers, wherever he goes, that'll be my second favorite team automatically because you know he's going to drive everybody crazy and i just love that also the michigan wolverines are going to make sure that if he does sign a contract that he doesn't immediately go to the nfl and also there's a little bit of some interesting statistics uh with uh what do you think jim harbaugh and pete carroll have in common right now what do they have in common right now um Besides besides trying to get out of the NCAA right after getting in trouble, <laughs> right after everything starts to fall apart for their for their uh, uh, organizations. 
Um, well, I mean, besides that, besides that, they have a mutual hatred for each other. So there's that. Um, <laughs> I, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to help me out here. I don't think I can. I don't think I can answer that. Well, Pete Carroll has coached in a well a national championship game for college and for the NFL. Ah. And Jim Harbaugh on Monday will be able to say that he both has coached a championship game for for the college football playoff and, and Super, Bowl. Super Bowl. Wow. I didn't know that. There can't be a whole lot of people in that class, right? Not very many. Not very not very many. That's they're the only two so far. They're the only two. Oh, really? They're the only exclusive two in that class. Wow. I would have thought that it would be a small class. I wouldn't think it would be that small, though. But yeah, yeah. generally, if there's one of these coaches that that does really well in college, it just doesn't translate to to the NFL for whatever reason. It's a it's a different, just a different animal. You know, you've got. I remember Bobby Ross. I remember. Um, I mean, okay, there's a whole bunch of coaches that have come up from. <laughs> I'm just not thinking of all their names right now, but there, there's all the call. Saban was one of them that came up into the NFL and and fell flat, right? Um, yeah, because he realized he couldn't control the players because they're like, oh, I'm still getting paid, you know, year away. Yeah, and he's like, Nah, I'm out. He's like, Nah, I'm out. And then NIL comes in and and he's like, I'm thinking about retiring soon. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so crazy though it's so it's wild how some how many guys they get you know they have all this success in college and then they they go into the nfl and it just doesn't quite just doesn't quite transfer for whatever reason i actually have an interesting question for you it looks like bill belichick is not going to be the new england patriots coach anymore do you think he should try to coach in college football and if so what team do you think you can see him make a great fit with do i think he should is probably irrelevant. Um, but I, you know, personally, I think he should just go away, but I don't think his ego is going to allow him to just walk away from the game. So I think, I think what he will do is try to move somewhere else. I think I could see him going kind of like, uh, what Mike Holmgren did and kind of go into a, a more of a, like an executive position rather than a on field coaching position. Um, I could see him doing that and, and definitely could see him doing that maybe with like the jets or, you know, the bills or one of those teams that would really, really piss Robert Kraft off. Yeah, I could totally see that. I could see him find a way to be maybe the defensive coordinator for maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers. If he tries to find a way to do that. Oh, could you see him taking orders from Mike Tomlin? (laughs) No, no, I can't. I guess I guess not. I t- oh man, that would be great. That would you, the um what, what is the what's the lock what the knock what is the what's the NFL um reality show that they have early in the year? I forget what it is. I used to watch it all the time. When they do the training camp. Oh, the hard knocks? Hard knocks. Yeah. I said I was calling it knockout. I see I'm around fighters too much now. 
But yeah, Hard Knocks. <laughs> Could you Hard Knocks would have to be with that franchise. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course. What, what if uh, Bill Belichick got hired on to a new head coach, Jim Harbaugh's staff, wherever he was at? Could you imagine Bill Belichick answering up to Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> I, I see him more of a defensive coordinator. I don't see him being a head coach anymore. I think they realize that Tom Brady was just the right system that he needed to be a great coach. Yeah, I think the, everybody's realizing that it was Tom Brady more than Bill Belichick. The defensive coordinator still kind of has to answer up to the head coach, though. Yeah. So, that would be interesting. I, It should be interesting where Bill Belichick goes. It, it's kind of crazy of, you know, everybody thought he was going to be just a mediocre coach, but he found a way to win six Super Bowls. You know, I think everybody... Well, he, you know, he people didn't like him. Like he was, he was with the Browns when they went over to the Ravens, and then he was with the Giants. Like he, he was with the Giants when they were. Um, he was their defensive coordinator when they broke Joe Montana's back and all that kind of stuff. I think, you know, <laughs> he's he's not. I don't think he's ever really been well liked. Yeah, I I don't think it was even well liked with Bill Parcell when he was the defensive coordinator. If I Recollect correctly oh, when he was with the Giants. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine anybody telling Bill Belichick what to do. <laughs> can you imagine, like, hey, Bill Belichick, can you just? What do you mean? I gotta do this. Never mind. Uh, I'll I'll do it myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great talking with you. Okay. Bye. Well, speaking of of. Pretty much a feeling of, you know, a head coaching career, feeling like it's going to be in a coffin. It's a new year. And also, Coffin Corners, we asked you what you want to be preferred by for the fan base. I mean, if we do have a fan base, you know. Did we get it? If we got any votes, if we got votes, we have a fan base, right? Yeah. I mean, from last episode, we had choices of what to call our Coffin Corners fans. It was either Coffineers or Coffees, and we eliminated Consortium and the Marauders because it would be hard to figure out how to even say it. And we heard you, and you said Coffineers. You prefer to be called Coffineers. So thank you, all you Coffineers out there. Want to make a quick thank you to all the people that voted on the poll. Official Eric Alvarez. Roka Boxing, Make Money Dot with Paige, Your Fave Cosplay Girl, Biggie F, uh, Jess Medina Real, Smoothie, Voting for Coffineers, and Bring Me a Taco with Copies. Sorry, no votes for Constituents, Tom. That means no. Easy is or easy isn't a Constituent. And also, we know that Christmas, you know, has gone and passed, but I just have a one special and two Christmas movies to recommend to people. If you're feeling, look, I just want to have a feeling of some holiday cheer, you know, one last time before we get serious with January. So, I have one. It's called Arnold's Christmas from Hey Arnold. The music alone gets you in the Christmas spirit. It goes into some dark territory, but I recommend it. The Christmas movie I found out from uh, from a both things from a YouTuber on Nostalgia Critics list of the underappreciated Christmas movies. It's a 2005 movie called Joyeux Noël which is Merry Christmas in French. It's the story of the German, French, and Scots, Scots soldiers having a ceasefire, you know, also known as a truce, on Christmas Eve in 1914. They showed the camaraderie, but at the same time, they showed how tough it was to get back the aftermath. 
is painful because they got to know each other. They saw their humanity, which makes it difficult to kill when you know they have consciousness. Yeah. It was crazy to watch. They were at peace, and the rest of the countries outside of them, it was frowned upon fraternizing. Fraternizing. The music is moving in this movie and culminates well with this story. I saw this on Plex, and I highly recommend it. Give it a watch, even though we are no longer in the Christmas season. Also, The Holdovers, a great movie. Paul Giamatti, I hope you get an actor associated accolade award for that performance. And, of course, speaking of Christmas, we need to talk about the Christmas games. And if I'm silver for some peculiar reason, if you're listening, don't get too excited. But there is a silver lining. We are talking about the Christmas games, just not NBA Christmas games. Well, Sportstitious once again involves the Vegas Raiders. Two defensive touchdowns in less than seven seconds. A fumble return for a touchdown by Bilal Nichols. And then a pick six by J.J., Known as Jack Jones, it went from KC 7 to 3 to 17 to 7 Raiders with a botched PAT and a crazy two-point conversion. The KC and Vegas game felt as a whole sports-dishes itself, a sports-dishes Christmas. Also, shout out to Noel Eagle, Nate Burleson, and Raphael from TNT doing a great job with the telecast for Nickness Games. I was listening more to their commentary than their CBS counterpart. And also congrats to the MVP, Bael Nichols. Who would have thought Colts and Raiders would determine to stay alive in the playoff chase for the AFC on New Year's Eve? As Chris Berman would say, the Raiders. Well, Tom, I have to say with the 49ers against the Ravens, it was a pretty terrible game. Yeah, the, the 49ers were looking to have some fried raven with some crab cakes, but instead the Ravens defense treated the 49ers as they were in a buffet at the Golden Corral. All right, what, what are your thoughts, Tom? Well, the Ravens game was kind of a mess, but it was, you know, the team just underperformed. But I think that they, um, they came back the following week and looked good, and, you know, they're not going to – they're not. They're going to rest all of their starters and all that stuff this week. So who knows what's going to happen this weekend? But I, I, I don't think that that was a, you know, the Ravens game didn't seem like an indication of the Ravens are better than the 49ers necessarily. The 49ers just had a pretty bad game. I think Brock Purdy threw four interceptions in that game, if I remember right. It was just a, uh, and most of them were tipped passes or you know catches, you know balls that you know tipped off of um, the offensive players' hands or whatever. So, you know. It just it didn't didn't really bother me too bad. I think that they're in really really good shape right now. They're healthy. They're going in with the number one seed. They're going into the last week of the of the season with no real serious worries, and they're going to be able to rest. They've already got playoff experience, so the whole oh they're you know they had two weeks off. They got away from football too much. That's not really how it works with the veterans. And you have a team, I think, that's really, really fired up. So you're going to have a fresh legs Christian McCaffrey. You're going to have, you know, fresh legs Debo. You're going to have a lot of um, a lot of weapons on the 49ers that are going to be at 100%, while whoever comes into Santa Clara is going to be beat up from playing the weekend before. So I think that um, I think I like the 49ers' chances at at moving on beyond this, you know, the the first round or the second round. I mean. Obviously, they're moving beyond the first round. They're not playing in the first round. Yeah, they got a bye. Yeah. That, that helps, having a bye. It's going to help a lot. Sometimes it hurts a team, but a team, like I said, with, with a lot of playoff experience, 
it, I don't think it hurts those teams because they understand that that's a gift. You know what I mean? It's a chance to rest up. It's a chance to heal. It's a chance to prepare your mind. It's a chance to really do something. You know what I mean? It's not a chance yes, to go definitely. back and hang out with your friends for a weekend for, you know, for a week, you know? Yes, definitely. But I feel like the Baltimore Ravens might be at a disadvantage. I know it sounds strange, especially a way that they've been pummeling a lot of potential playoff teams, especially the Miami Dolphins on New Year's Eve. What was it? 56 to 19. Yeah, that was a big one. I I have a feeling that the Ravens need to be humble because the playoffs is a whole different atmosphere. And as weird as it sounds, if the if the Indianapolis Colts, I almost said Baltimore, the Indianapolis Colts kind of have an advantage because their back-to-back weeks have felt as many playoff games to them. So facing the Raiders, they knew that if they win, they're still in the playoff hunt. And then facing the Houston Texans, it's the same thing. It just... They they got they already are playing a playoff atmosphere. So whoever they face, either the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, I would make sure, you know, not to get too cocky. The Colts are already playing as if they're in the playoffs already. Yeah, they look good. What do you think about old Joe Flacco up there taking the Browns and and running them like a real football team? All I have to say is, why do I have a feeling that Super Bowl logo? It was reddish orange. Have a reddish orange color in there. Mm. You did, you mentioned that weeks ago. You're right. Have you noticed the Cleveland Browns helmet kind of looks? It, it looks more orange to me, but I didn't realize it was a reddish orange. Yeah, it's very orange, and it has become a little reddish in tint over the last, especially the last few years. I don't know if they slightly changed it when they when you know when they reimagined the Browns you know after the you know the Ravens left or whatever, but um, yeah they are a little bit a little bit redder I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to find an excuse not to talk about Iowa Hawkeyes football because they got shut down thirty five nothing the cheese it speaking of reddish and orange oh there we go the segue cheese it the cheese it citrus bowl. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl? Yeah. I'm, that sounds I'm disgusting. Serious. I don't want any citrus Cheez-Its. Yeah, you you didn't think that, that cheese, you know, cheese crackers, especially Cheez-Its, was a citrus fruit. But apparently it is. But apparently it is. Wow. <laughs> but Iowa, oh my gosh, 35 to nothing. The only thing I could say is a congratulatory Taylor. He broke the record for most punting yards in a season. Took him 14 games while the record they broke of Johnny Pingle, which was set in 1938. It only took him nine games. <laughs> wow. To punt over 4,000 yards. <laughs> Keeping that man busy. And also... Cooper Gene is going to be heading to the NFL draft. I don't blame him. So best of luck to him. Hopefully I get to see him in a Colts jersey. We shall see. Now let's talk a little bit about Notre Dame because we haven't really talked about Notre Dame. I have to say I was thankful that this past college football season, or now we call it portal ball, 
that the talking heads didn't talk about Notre Dame football, which I felt kind of made that this season even better. Because let's face it, we're going to hear talking heads talk about Notre Dame. I think they'll be number one. And in the following week, I think they'll be number four. And in the weeks and weeks, it gets to the point of like, I think the Notre Dame Fighting Irish still have a chance of being getting the number 12 spot. We all know it. it's it's going to happen. But I have to add one more sportstitious. Over in two in the year 2000, Notre Dame faced Oregon State in the Tostitas Tostitos Festival. The score was 41 to 9. Oregon State trounced Notre Dame. And then we get to 2023. And, and well, Notre Dame beat Oregon State by the final score of 40 to 8 in the Sun Bowl. Is that crazy or what? That is wild. Also, what's even crazier is that, you know, at, for the Iowa game, they actually put in, you know, a different quarterback. They didn't stick with Deacon Hill. They put in a different quarterback, Michael Lioness. And all I have to say is he has some crazy legs, and he ended up having <laughs> the biggest yardage, yardage gain <laughs> up to that point for Iowa's rushing game. Nice. Which kind of has people excited, but even more mad because now that we know he can run, he could have been used for that Minnesota game, and we wouldn't have blamed the refs. Maybe <laughs> we should have blamed the coach for not being confident at all with his own players. But enough of that tangent. As we said, it's the new year, and you know what? I'm kind of curious, Tom. What do you think we could? Prov- what do you think I could provide the people, you know, teaching-wise to people for the new year? What do you think I would teach people? Sort of a master class, you could say. What What do you think? What would your master class be? Yeah. I think you're going to be a pretty good uh, cornhole coach. To be honest with you, I think you're going to be like the guy that people send their kids to at a very young age so that they can they can learn from the legendary Nathan, the cornhole, the cornhole extraordinaire. That sounds weird. <laughs> that sounds weird. No, we won't give you that nickname. <laughs> cornhole extraordinaire. You might get me a lot of OnlyFans and Instagram models with that. So I'll thank you for that, Tom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they told me that you were the cornhole extraordinaire. Um, let's first try this cornhole, and then we'll try that other cornhole later. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. For you, Tom, I could definitely see you uh, teaching people about comedy. That's a little bit too on the nose. But definitely teaching people when to sell and when not to sell sports memorabilia. I could totally see you teach a class on that. And I would definitely be one of your first students because there's some stuff that I think I want to... There's not enough room in my room, and I need to find ways to make room for my room. So I would definitely go to your class to make sure of selling some stuff. Well, I don't know. I haven't made, been making much money on stuff lately. I've been selling it pretty cheap. <laughs> I always just did, you know, if I found something I thought this seemed like it was an extraordinary deal, or if it was something that I was really interested in. My my collections change from time to time. Sometimes I go um, 
like for example, last year I was really into like um um dead ball era baseball. So I'd find different autographs from, you know, baseball players that have been a lot of them been dead for 80, 90 years, you know. But it's one of those things and then it, so I'll and then I kind of get out of it. And once I'm out of it, sometimes I'm all the way out of it and then that's when I all kind of get rid of it. And I've been really lucky that a lot of times that um the way I buy, the way my mania pulls me towards stuff, it, it happens to flow well with the market. Like when I'm selling, it's usually pretty good, you know, so I don't know if I could teach a class on it, but I'd try. <laughs> well, I said also comedy as well. So I can see you teach about comedy and sports memorabilia. Yeah, I used to teach a, a comedy workshop in Sacramento at a comedy club, and it was a MC workshop. And so they would have people that were interested in working as MCs take the class, so they kind of knew what was expected of them, kind of learned like the uh, the etiquette when it comes to working at a comedy club and that kind of stuff. And it was it was kind of a fun class. It was really a good fun class. And every once in a while, I'll work with a comedian. And I'll be like, man, I really wish they would have taken you know, some type of an etiquette class. <laughs> Do you have a human interest story or? Um, human interest wise, I didn't have a human interest story. Um, I have, it's not really that sports related, but, uh, I watched Shannon Sharp's, uh, YouTube show, the Shay Shay show, Shay Shay or club Shay Shay, whatever he calls it. And uh, this week he had Cat Williams on. But anyway, so Cat Williams was talking about Hollywood and talking about, you know, we hear a lot about the Illuminati and there's things that are conspiracy theories. But here you have somebody, Cat Williams, telling stories about where he was face to face with different decisions and stuff and how his spirituality has kind of kept him from, you know, selling himself out. So it's very interesting. I think it's very fascinating. So that's my human interest story. Do you have any podcasts or anybody that's uh, crossed over into another medium that you like out of out of the football world? I mean, besides our podcast? <laughs> yeah, besides ours. I know a good one that you probably just aren't thinking right off the top of your head. Pat McAfee. Uh, oh, Pat McAfee, yeah. He's a little bit comedian. He's a little bit uh, podcaster. And he's a lot Colts. I think he spent his whole career was as a Colt, wasn't it? And he was... Uh, teammates with yeah, Peyton was, Manning and yeah. interesting guy yeah he was a punter and he even uh he got the kickoff for one of the Super Bowls I think it was Super Bowl 44 oh yeah that's right was he okay there was a team when the Colts did the onside kick was he the one that did the onside kick that bounced off of uh Hank Baskett's helmet no Okay, that was no. that was probably Vinatieri, right? If I remember right. It no, was... the the team that did the onside kick was the Saints. The Saints did the onside kick. Oh, and they they successfully did the onside. You're right. They did, and so Basket was on the um, the recovery receiving team, and that was a it was just an absolute. That was a great Super Bowl moment to lead the second half off with an onside kick. Isn't that how it went? Well, I think they were down by four, like 10-6. They were down by four, and they needed a momentum shift, and that really made the difference. And they, But they did that straight out of halftime, right? 
Yeah, they did that. They did straight out of halftime. The second the second half kickoff was an onside kick because <laughs> the Saints needed something. It bounced off of Hank Basket. I remember that. I remember that because he became famous with being Kendall or Kendra's husband and they did reality shows and all that good stuff. It's so funny. Well, is there anything else that you want to add, Tom? Um, you know, I'm just really excited about the NFL playoffs. There's a lot of fun teams that are still in some of our legendary teams. You got more than likely 49ers, number one, Cowboys, number two, like, is, is there a, a better thing in the world of sports than having the 49ers and Cowboys, you know, right there? And if it comes down to them facing each other, the storylines, because the 49ers. I love the Detroit Lions finding a way, you know, they win their first NFC North <laughs> division. <laughs> yeah. The, the Lions are not too far either. Yeah, they're it's, great. It's great to see that. They're a great story. It's just too bad they don't have a quarterback. And I'm sorry, rest of the world, that isn't able to see the fact that Jared Goff still isn't a quarterback, but he is not going to be your playoff quarterback. How certain am I? I w- I'm as certain of this <laughs> prediction that Jared Goff is not a legit Super Bowl quarterback as I was when I said Matthew Stafford would win a never, super, never won a Super Bowl. I wasn't right about that, but I was really certain when I said it. <laughs> well, you didn't expect him to move. Yeah, well, I didn't I didn't expect Okay, I think that that Rams season worked out in his favor. He played exceptionally well. It was the best season of his career. Um I don't know statistically if it was, but when you're looking at, at momentum changing, you know, at keeping the keeping the momentum of the game and things like that, Stafford was always a really good quarterback as far as putting up big stats, big numbers and all of that, but he buckled under pressure and he still does that. He still does that. But that season when they won the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago, he had one of those seasons where he never really got pushed and put into that position where it absolutely fell on his hands or fell on his shoulders. I mean, and you know, I mean, he played well. He, I, I can't take that away from him. He's a legit, he was a good quarterback in the Super Bowl too. But, um, Jared Goff is not Matthew Stafford. Well, people, all of you Coffineers out there, make sure to rate, review, please leave five stars if you can. We really would appreciate it. Also, we still haven't got anyone with any email messages, and you can contact CoffinCornersPod at gmail.com. You can also contact us. Uh, messaging wise on our Instagram accounts, Tom with XL Comic, myself, Sportsbook32, and also even Coffin Corners as well. Yep. You have heard from the you've heard from the experts. You have just listened from the professionals. Yes, Nathan's right. We're gonna pull the lid right off of our email address so you can start pouring them in. And I just want to add before we get out of here that I'm very grateful for my co-host Nathan, who's been very patient. Uh, we weren't able to get an episode out last week because I just had an absolutely crazy week, and then this week we are getting one out late, but it's going to post in, in a in a decent amount of time. And I just really appreciate you, Nathan. Uh, you always do a great job. You always come prepared. Like I told you in the text, you're always prepared and you're very patient. And that makes you a very, very good pod- like podcast partner. So I thank you very much, my friend. 
With the 262nd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Brock Purdy, a quarterback from Iowa State. The frozen tundra of Municipal Stadium made footing tenuous, and defense prevailed most of the day.